down like the Gaithers. Sit around some big old comfy couches. Y'all know the Gaithers, y'all know those are? I gotta find me some baritone, some basses in there. I got a baritone basses in here. I know, Deke, you got them. Jaquel, Jaquel Dimitri. Some baritone basses back there. Don't forget James. No, James ain't no baritone. It's my James Agantando. Oh no, James got him, he got him crooning voice up there. He, James will lead that song. You're the best thing. You are the best thing. All right. All right. Praise God. Luke 12. Luke 12. Luke 12. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you're ready for the word of God today. I pray those that are watching online, if you couldn't make it, as Pastor Kim said, that you really tune in and lock in to what the Lord wants to share with us today. We're going to continue from where we were Wednesday night. And um, again, some of this will be revelation to you. Some of this will be more uh, reminders. But I hope it'll all be to every one of us a uh, rekindling of trust and hope in God to know that God is our source of everything amen all right Luke 12 and um, I want to read verse I'm gonna skip around so I'm gonna pick up at verse 22 then I'll skip so y'all just try to follow along with me here verse 22 says then he this is Jesus said to his disciples therefore I say to you do not worry about your life what you will eat nor about the body what you will put on Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. And God feeds them. And God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? So verse 29 says, do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. Nor have an anxious mind. What plagues most people on this planet is an anxious mind. A doubtful mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your father, your father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. All right, so we're talking today again, divine supply. This is part two, divine supply. Father, today we thank you and receive your word. Uh, we, we thank you, Lord, for ears that hear, eyes that see, hearts that perceive, everything that you will reveal today from your word. Thank you, Father, that every hindrance and every blockage in our own souls is removed. And that, God, we, we allow the truth and the revelation of your word to work through our total man. That we move from depending on ourselves or anything in this earth realm to depending on you. Your word says, curse is the man who trusts in man whose heart departs from the Lord. You said, Lord, that he will not see good when good comes. 
but blessed are those who trust in you, Lord. So we put our trust in you today, Lord. Now speak to us from heaven. We hear, we receive, and we will do. We pray in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen and amen. <clears throat> All right. Glory to God. So as we were teaching Wednesday night, <clears throat> I was, we were trying to, by the Holy Ghost, help us understand that you and I don't have to struggle for anything. Amen? Amen. You know, there's a popular phrase in the, in the, in the world, in, in, the, in the culture. It says, uh, the struggle is real. And some even go on the far, as far as I say, I make the struggle look good. And yet, <clears throat> there's not supposed to be any struggle in us whatsoever. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. The one who doesn't follow God's uh, laws or we could say his voice, his words. It's supposed to be hard for that person, but not for you and me. I'd share with you Wednesday night, the Lord just had me share, we, you know, we talk about um, uh, got hills to climb and all that kind of stuff, rough side of the mountain. That's not how God has it for us because the, 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 the Lord, our shepherd, leads us beside still waters, right? Green pastures, right? Uh, John 10, right around verse 11 or so and 12, talks about how him being our shepherd, how he leads us in and out and we find pasture, so there's not supposed to be any struggle in our lives whatsoever in any area of our lives whatsoever. How many of y'all agree with that? Okay, those of you doing that agree with it, with it. Hopefully by the time we're done today, you'll agree with what I'm sharing with you today. Because you know me, I don't preach my opinion. We're going to preach the word of God. Okay, so let's look back, reflect back on a verse we looked at Wednesday night uh, briefly here. Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. Glory to God. And media, if you help me get on the screen for me, please. We can kind of like expedite time a little bit here. Romans 8, verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but deliver him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us what? All things. Now remember, the Gentiles are seeking all these things. And your Bible says that God, if he gave us Jesus, didn't spare Jesus, he said, Will he not also freely with him give us all things? So, how many of y'all have Jesus? Yes. I got Jesus on the inside. I got him in my heart. Well, if you have Jesus, then you are supposed to have also all things. Don't believe your account. Believe the Bible. <laughs> Don't believe your check ledger. Believe the Bible. You got it? So he said he'll freely give us all things. I want him to switch to the, to the uh, contemporary English version on this verse here, the CEV. Let's look at what it says here in a different way. It says, God did not keep back his own son. Is that right? But he gave him for us. If God did this, won't he freely give us everything else? So if God did that, ladies and gentlemen, he will also freely give us everything else. Glory to God. God wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't uh, uh, give you Jesus Christ and then not give you a nice car to drive and a nice house to live in and everything else you can, you can name. Not heal your body. Says he'll freely give us all things. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Um, let's switch to the to the uh, message translation. I think it'll probably jump back to verse thirty-one. Let's see message uh, Romans eight thirty-one and thirty-two from the message translation. 
So what do you think? With God on our side like this, pause. With God on our side like this, tell your neighbor, God is on your side. With God on our side like this, how can we lose? I'm on the winning side. Say it. Say it again. I'm on the winning side. So with God on my side, how can I lose? So if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing, watch this, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst. Now listen, listen to this. It said he embraced our condition. That means when, when God sent Jesus Christ to die, he embraced our condition as we were. We were sinners. We were wretched. We were undone. We were unclean, unholy, unrighteous. We were on everything good. There was nothing good in us whatsoever. There was nothing desirable about us whatsoever. God saw us in a filthy, messy state. And it said, and he didn't withhold Christ from us. Man, I don't know if y'all catch that. Because I, I want, one, one thing I want to hope, I hope to get across to you today, that God's provision for your life, spirit, soul, and body is not based on your goodness. It's based on his goodness. And some of us have gotten into the trap of trying to qualify ourselves for God's goodness when you can't qualify yourself for God's goodness because you didn't qualify yourself for his goodness in salvation. He didn't save you because you were good. He saved you because you were bad. He saved you because you were, just put in my own words, a hot stinking mess. Y'all remember when you were a hot stinking mess? And yet he looked on you, yet he loved you, yet he saw you, yet he called you and chose you. Just like that. He embraced you in your condition. Right? And so it says, so if he didn't hesitate to put everything on the line, embracing our condition, expose himself to the worst by sending his own son, then it says, is there anything else he would gladly and freely do for us? It's, it's, it's amazing how many people can believe God that he will save them and yet can't believe God that he will supernaturally supply every need or that he supernaturally heal their bodies. That he will supernaturally restore their families. Because it says here, he, there's nothing else he would hold from us. There's nothing else that he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us. So we have a good God. We have a good God. We have a good God. Glory to God. You know, and he's faithful. Even when we're not. He remains faithful. You got it? All right, now let's look over at uh, another scripture here. First Peter, please. We were here another day. Second Peter, rather. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter 1, verse 3 and 4. I want to go right to the Passion Translation. Second Peter uh, 1, 3 and 4. When you have it, say amen. amen. It's on the screen. Well, how y'all got it? <laughs> y'all like, Amen. Unless you have a passing translation, if you got one, okay. All right. Y'all stop lying in God's house. All right. Second Peter 1, verse 3, from the passing translation says this. You got to catch this now. 
Anissa, you watch this. Everything. we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his God's divine power. Everything we could ever need. I don't, I don't care if you, you plan on living 70 or plan on living 170. Everything you could ever need for life. Now, what, what do you need for life? Let's see. For life, you need, you need uh, food. You need clothing. You need shelter. You need breath. You need blood running warm in your veins. You need your heart beating properly. You need your spleen acting properly. You need your gallbladder acting properly. You need your intestines acting properly. You need your colon acting properly. You need your, your, your everything about you need. Oh, this is what you need now. He said everything. I'm, not, I'm not, not just talking about finances. He said everything you can need. We need affection. And he said, it's all been deposited in you. Glory to God. Everything you can need for life and godliness. So you can have everything in life and still be godly. I don't know if y'all caught what I said. You can have everything you need and want in life and still be godly. Some people seem, to, seem to, to make those things distinct from each other. That, that, that they assume if a person uh, has uh, things, that they, they're not godly. Come on, religious people. Y'all ain't sending me. That, that if somebody somebody's rich, we call them filthy rich. If somebody has a nice house, well, they probably ain't serving God. Somebody drives a big body Lexus, a big body Benz, we said they probably just a heathen from hell. Why is that? Why do we separate the two? Why do we assume that if a person is living a good life, if a person is enjoying life, that they must be a heathen? Because if that's the case, we'd have to make Abraham a heathen, and Isaac a heathen, and Jacob a heathen, and Job a heathen, and David and Solomon a heathen, and Jesus and Peter and Paul, all heathens. Because those guys all had wonderful quality lives. You read Job chapter 1? The God's description of Job? An upright man who feared God and shunned evil. An upright man who feared God and shunned evil, and he was the greatest man in the land of us. You read, that's Job chapter 1, start right at verse 1, you'll see, greatest man in all, all of us, greatest, wealthiest man around, wealthiest man around, but he, was, he feared God and shunned evil. My God! So God gave him everything for life and godliness. And notice the case here, it says here, is that it's been deposited in us by his divine power. Y'all got it? <clears throat> For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name, called us by name, I like that, and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his, of his goodness. Verse 4, please, verse 4. 
verse 4, as a result, he has given you magnificent promises that beyond all that, that are beyond all price. Priceless promises. So that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are, that are of the world. Or as King James says, in the world through lust. So all the corruption, all the, the um, desolation, all the decay that's in the world came through lust, through Adam's lust. Not through yours. Your sinful state isn't your fault. Am I in the wrong church this morning? You being born in sin wasn't your fault. It was Adam's fault. It's because of what Adam did that you're born into sin, shaped in iniquity. Because of what Adam did, you are born susceptible to poverty, born susceptible to sickness and disease, born dying. Born that way. So then likewise, because of what the last Adam did, when you get born again, you are born susceptible to wealth. Susceptible to long life. <laughs> are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? That, that it's, it's not nothing because of what you did. It's all because of what Jesus Christ, the last Adam, did. Are y'all getting this here? All right, now, let's go right into Luke 12, please. Luke 12. Thank you, Lord. So everything I need has been deposited in me. For physical needs, financial needs, spiritual needs, emotional needs, it's been deposited in me. So it's in me now. Say it, it said it's in me now. Say everything I need is in me now. Everything you need for life is in you now. That's hard to believe, Pastor, because I'm, I'm struggling. Well, that's, that's only because you didn't know what was in you. <laughs> you can have a bank account and not know what's in it. Huh? You can. Now, some, some of you may have never experienced that. The way y'all looking at me, y'all probably, you'll never experience that. I, I know it's in my account. I know down to the penny because it's, it's $12.35. I know. But there comes a place. Matter of fact, I'm going to change it. You're coming to a place where you're not going to know what's in there. That's what happens when you, see, there comes a point you got to hire someone to keep track because you don't know what's been deposited. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm about to say this for a Wednesday, man. Y'all kind of holding back on me today. It's all right. It's all right. Glory to God. Thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't, don't be mad. I don't know what's in my account, and I don't know what's in the safe. They mad on this side. I'm going to come on this side. Well, that, that side looked at me like, 
come back on this side where it's safe. I don't know. I, I, have, to, I have to go look. Every once in a while, I have to go count. Because I don't know. I just, I'm just being honest with you. I just, I just don't know. You got millions? I don't have millions yet, but I'm talking about it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, not yet. But before anything was ever in the, in the account, it was in me. All right, get Matthew 12, 35. Some of y'all don't know this. Matthew 12, 35. Matthew 12, 35. A good man. I have any good men in here? Yes, I got a bunch of good men. We, we had breakfast together yesterday. Good, some good men. I got any good women in here? Right, this includes y'all too. Every good person, out of the good treasure of his or her heart, good treasure of his or, of his or her heart. Remember, it's been deposited in you. Out of the good treasure of his or her heart brings forth good things. So you gotta you bring forth, and if you're evil, you bring bring forth evil things. So you what you bring forth is what's inside you. That's why Proverbs four twenty three says, "Hey, you better guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it flows the issues of life. Everything you need for life flows out of your heart." No, it depends on how much degree I got. That's a lie. It depends on what city I live in. That's a lie. Depends on what kind of job I can get. That's a lie. See, it says out of your good treasure of your heart. So it, did, it wouldn't matter if you were the fry guy at McDonald's. If you're the fry guy at McDonald's and you have good treasure in your heart, you can have your own jet and still be the fry guy at McDonald's. Because it's not based on what's around you. It's based on what's in you. Boy, I wish y'all would grab a hold of what I'm trying to say to you. See, see, the, the reason, the, one of the reasons why I don't know what's there is because long, long before, when, when I did know what was there, I act like I didn't know what was there. And I didn't speak what was there, I spoke what was here. I was speaking what was here, I wasn't speaking what was there. It didn't matter to me what was there. Y'all will catch this by next Thursday. I wasn't speaking what was there. I was speaking what was here. And eventually what's here comes out. And now what's here, it now comes to what's there. I'm telling you how to do this. I'm telling, trying to tell somebody how to do this. Because the Bible just told us that everything you need has been deposited in you. You trying to get another job to fix it. It ain't the job. I'm not against jobs. I, I mean, I, the, the Bible says in Proverbs 14, uh, all, in all labor there is profit. So jobs are good. Jobs have their place. Jobs, jobs teach you responsibility. Jobs teach you stewardship. Jobs teach you how to follow and how to lead. But a job cannot, cannot be your source. Man, y'all gonna make me sit down on y'all if y'all are sitting on me. Your job cannot be your source. If your job is your source, you will be broke all the days of your life. I'm, what am I preaching on today? 
divine supply. And the Bible says that he, that everything that you need for, for life and godliness has been deposited in you by him. So God knows how long you even plan on living. Not how long you're supposed to live, because it's up to you. How, but he knows how long you plan on living. Well, I'm fast. I'm planning on living a long time. Why you talk, keep talking about, hey, you know, I'm, I'm old. Stop talking like that. You ain't planning on living a long time. You got you to make, your, your, you, you gotta make, make a mouth-heart connection and a mouth-heart synchronization. You can't, you can't keep talking uh, long life, uh, short life, and then talking about, I'm believing I'm going to live a long time. It doesn't work that way. You got you to make everything match. Y'all getting this here? Okay. All right. I'm trying to get on track here. <laughs> Praise God. Are you in Luke 12? So everything I need is in me. Everything I need is in me. Everything I need is in me. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, Luke 12, verse 22. <laughs> you remember uh, last year, I think, was it last year? The Lord had us teach on covetousness. Remember that? I know you're trying to forget it. You're, try, you're trying to forget that. <laughs> Play on next year. That disease. Jesus called covetousness. Verse 15 of the same chapter, he said, beware of it. So when you beware of covetousness, uh, you're watching out for, one, selfishness. You're watching out for uh, 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 greed, avarice. That's one of the words we learned. You're watching out for, uh, part of covetousness is also do-it-yourself prosperity. Do-it-yourself prosperity. Watch out for do-it-yourself prosperity. I know we got Home Depots and Lowe's, and you, we, we do it ourselves, garden and do it ourselves, fix the car, do it ourselves, fix the air conditioning, but you are not supposed to be do-it-yourself prosperity. I'm talking about divine supply. So he said, beware of covetousness, covetousness, verse 15. Then you get down here, and he gives one parable about the, the rich man and so forth. I don't have time to go into that. But then verse 22 says, then he said to his disciples. So he's still dealing with, with how to make sure you attack covetousness in your life. Remember part of covetousness I was teaching about, the problem with comparing yourself with other people? I look and see, you got a new car, and now I get some feeling in me. Listen, a few weeks ago, Deacon Gershon drove up here in a new, new Beamer. I, I, I said, babe, that's a really nice car. I, did, I, I said, that's, I, hey, I went lying. I was like, that is a really, really nice car. I didn't get jealous or envious. I celebrated with him. I celebrated his wife. She got one too, but a few weeks prior to that. Real nice car too. But his, but his is a really, really nice car. And 
I just celebrated. Praise God. I rejoice with them that rejoice. And, and uh, there was no covetous bone in my body whatsoever. Because I know everything I need is on the inside of me. See, so when you find yourself comparing with other people, or even worse, competing with other people, you are in covetousness. It's a disease of your soul. Pleonexia, the Bible calls it. In the Greek, it's the word pleonexia. It's a disease of your soul when you're comparing and, and uh, competing against other people. So Jesus, then he tells a parable about it. This man who suffered from it in, in verse uh, 16 through uh, uh, 20. Then verse 21, uh, he says, this is how it is for anybody who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So then now 22, he's going to tell us, he's going to give us the antidote for playing next year. Here's the, here's the prescription, right? This is God's pill, how to deal with covetousness. He says, then he said to his disciples, therefore. See that word when you say therefore, he's telling us this, this because of what, we, what I just told you. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about what somebody drive. Don't worry about how somebody living, sweetheart. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. That's none of your business. That's none of your business. None of your concern. Don't worry. And he says, don't worry about your life. And the reason, the only reason somebody will be mad about Gershom's car, Deacon Gershom, his car, is they're not really mad about his car, they're mad about their car. If I express anger, iron, jealousy, it's not because I got a problem with his car, it's because now I got a problem with my car. Now yesterday your car was alright, but then you saw his car and now your car, something wrong with your car. Now you can't drive your car. Now you can't. Oh, something wrong with my car. What's happened? Now you start worrying about your life. You're taking thought. And it's not for you and me to take thought. <clears throat> All right. Now let's, let's look at this. Because I want to show you something here. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat. Now, these are basics he's talking about here. Nor about the body, what you'll put on. Now, when you see uh, how that in the King James, we use the word clothed. Now, it's talking more than just your physical clothing. It's, it's whatever it takes to cover you, which includes clothing and housing. So don't worry about housing. People today worry about how I'm going to get my, my housing, how I'm, how I'm going to pay my rent. Boy, it's expensive to live in St. Pete, boy. Everybody got to move. You got to move somewhere. You gotta, they, they, they're trying to move by the Pasco County now. We're going we to go somewhere, boy. You want to get your place? Tell your neighbor, don't worry about that. If you want to live in St. Pete, everything you need to live in St. Pete has been deposited in you. My wife, 
wife and I, uh, six years ago, a little, little more than six years ago, when we moved into the house we're in now, you know, we looked, we looked everywhere. We were looking down at Ruskin. We were looking down in Parrish. We were looking down in Palmetto. We were looking, we were looking in Clearwater. We were looking in Tampa. We were looking, we were looking uh, Valrico. We, we looked everywhere. Because we, was, we saw them prices here. And we saw them prices over there. They were like that. It was like, hey, that's what I want to do. And the Lord wouldn't let us. Because we're a sign. I'm not, not, now, you can live wherever you want to. But I'm, I'm talking about you as members. You can live where you want to. But as a prophet to this region, I'm assigned to live here. So, so he mandated that we stay in St. Petersburg. You can move to Seminole and, and God's going to love you. Just bless you. He's going he gonna to take your light to Seminole. He gonna, whatever you want. I'm not, I'm not talking I'm talking about me. I'm assigned here. You're not assigned here. You're assigned to help and draw here. I'm assigned to be a light and send forth from here. So that means that I got to be planted and stationed here. I'm like, Lord, but you see them prices? He said, don't worry about it, sweetheart. I'm literally telling you. And, and the Lord, the Lord made a way out of no way for us. To be in a place that we never... It, it, in our natural imagination, imagine that we'd be able to live. God did it. And he's been doing it every, every month, every year for the last six plus years. And the devil tried to tell me, oh, you ain't going to last. You ain't going to last. And I remember one day walking in my bedroom and I had to holler out, shut up, devil. I will not go broke. We will not lose this place. Shut up. Because he's just... Paulette, he is, he is clowning me in, in the, I mean, I, I can like hear him. That's why you got to, you can't, because you can't, you can't respond with thoughts. You got to respond with words. Shut up, devil. I will not lose this place. My family and I will not be put out. God is good. So, the other day, Deacon Tyrone came to my house last week. He said, hey, Pastor. I don't know, he might have said, Apostle. Apostle. I said, what's up, Tom? He said, you know how much your house is worth? And I was like, that's kind of out of the blue. <laughs> Yeah, I got an idea. He said, yeah, man, because I looked it up the other day. I was going to send, I was going to send, he was sending something to my house. Somebody sending me a little gift or something. And he said, yeah, that's how you know how he talked. He said, yeah, I was sending something to your house. I looked up, put the address in, it came up, and it said, wow, look at that. I said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But God's doing that. I couldn't have done it. I still can't do it. Life, verse 23, is more than food. And the body is more than clothing. 
All right. Now, verse 24. Say, consider the ravens. This means sit here and ponder and think about the ravens. I want you to think about this. Dirty birds, birds, right? (laughs) These scavenger birds. They don't, they, don't, they don't kill their own prey. They're leftovers. Now he said, consider them. Now watch this. Watch this. How many of y'all faith people I have in here? I mean, you, you've, you're astute in the things of God. I, I've learned how to tithe and sow and reap, and I know how to bring my confession. I know how to do all that great stuff. I know I've, I've, I've earned my prosperity because I know how to say three confessions every day and I know I've... I just want you to see this here. Nothing wrong with your confession. Nothing wrong with sowing and reaping. But I want you to see the birds. Consider the ravens for they neither sow nor reap. They're not even in that system. Now, this is a good system that we have, but he said they're not even in that. He said, which have neither storehouse nor barn. And here's the part I think you ought to highlight, circle, underline, get some mascara, something. Do, draw a picture, draw a thousand arrows towards this one line right here. God feeds them. That's so simple and basic. That's like elementary school, in it, Barbara? God feeds them. God feeds little birds. And yet, and yet, and yet, it's so elementary, us with all our Ivy League minds, we blow right past it, and we out there toiling, and we blowing right past this. We're out there working 60 hours, and let me see if I can get me another 20 hours. Let me see if I can get me something else going on. Let me do that. And yet we're going right past, right past this, because we Ivy League. We're so deep and wonderful. And the little birds outdoing us. Little dirty birds outliving us. Because they ain't, they ain't struggling in the least bit. And the Bible said three words God feeds them. Period. Is that what it says in your Bible? God feeds them. Period. God feeds them. Tell your neighbor, God feeds them. My wife and I, one day, we were at uh, Chipotle. I know that restaurant, Chipotle. And uh, we were sitting, I think we, we were sitting inside, and we were just sitting there enjoying a little meal. And, uh, and I remember for us, at the time we were having that meal, it was like, okay, that was like a faith meal. None of y'all know about faith meals. Okay. It's the ones you got to, you go, praise God, thank you, Lord, he made a way. I know y'all have always had plenty of ramen noodles and everything you always have. I'm talking about for us here. And I'm not talking about 20 years ago. I'm talking about like this might have been like maybe three, four, five years ago or something like that. We were sitting down and uh, five, five, six, seven years, something like that. Yeah, actually. And uh, we're sitting there and thank you, Lord. We got, we got enough to get us so two bowls. Whew, praise the Lord. And we're sitting there we're about to finish the meal, Anissa, and look outside. And oh, these birds out there, they eating Chipotle. I said, ain't that a blip? It took all our faith, all our confession, 
all our work and our labor just for us to get two bowls from Chipotle. And you know, we ain't had the kids with us. It was just us, so thank God. You just Because that would have been, been more faith we had to use. They must have been with grandma or something. Praise the Lord. Thank God for grandma. But with, so it's just the two of us. We got a little, a little bowl, and, and we look up, and there's the birds. The birds are there eating. They're just pecking away. Just eating Chipotle. They ain't use no faith. They ain't use no confession. They ain't sown any seed. They ain't reap no harvest. Don't have any barn. Don't have any storehouse. And they sitting there eating the same thing we eating. I said, something wrong with this picture right here. We believe and believe and believe and believe and believe. I don't believe and believe and believe. I don't believe and believe and believe. They just out there eating. And it occurred to me, to us, we sat there and talked about it. Well, that's what the word said. The Bible says in, in the book of Psalms that God opens his hands and satisfies the desire of all living things. He opens his hands and satisfies the desire of every living thing. God, oh, I'm talking about divine supply. God opens his hands and satisfies the desire of every living thing. And here are the birds just enjoying. Eating the same thing we eat. And y'all, I know somebody's saying, but that's just birds. They just eat leftovers. They just eat scraps. So what? He, he, God is fulfilling his word. He says God feeds them. He satisfies the desire of every living thing. So he said to us, hey, don't you worry. Oh, God. This is so simple this morning. This afternoon. It's not your concern. Now, what am I talking about again today? So God feeds them. That means that's divine supply. It said God feeds them. It didn't say, it didn't say uh, they don't sow and, and reap, have neither barn or storehouse, and, and yet they eat. That would have been true. But the, the Holy Spirit specifically made us know through the words of Jesus that God feeds them. That's important. Because then he comes right behind that and says, says here, uh, of how much more value are you implied to him than the birds? So you and I are more valuable to God than the birds. And notice what it says, and God feeds them. When it means he feeds them, that means, we, if, you know, if you know about birds and ravens, that means he also provides the, what they need for their nests. What do birds live, right? In, in nests. Right? Foxes have holes, the birds have nests. Right? The birds have nests. What is their nest? The nest is their home. Now, are they sowing for a home? And No. And ain't nothing wrong with sowing a reaper. I'm just talking about, I'm talking about how God made sure they have homes. And here we are worried about our homes. How I'm going to find a place to live. How I'm going to have that. How I'm going to be able to afford that. And God is saying, look at the birds. Look at the birds. Sit outside for a minute. Come out your prayer closet for it. I know, I know you're in your prayer closet. <laughs> but when you finish praying, come out the prayer closet and look up at the birds. 
singing just free willy-nilly. And they're going to eat every day. And they, gonna, they got a place they can lay their heads. Yeah, birds ain't dying from, from not eating. How many of y'all listen to what I'm saying today? You hear what I'm saying to you? How many of y'all, this is actually uh, uh, hitting you somewhere in your life right now? All right, good. About 60% of y'all. The rest of y'all, you good, right? You good, okay. Write this down. Because it says God feeds them. I must see God as the source of all my supply. I must always see God as the source of all my supply. I must always see God as the source of all my supply. That means you can never see your job as the source of your supply. You can never see your, your, uh, your disability check or your little, uh, your little pension check or your little social security check or your little alimony check or your little child support check or your little whatever check, you check, you check, check, you get little thing, little, little thing you get or the little food stamps or the little, little AFDC or the little section A or the little, little, I'm, notice I'm saying little. So you can't see your little paycheck. I'm little paycheck, I make $85,000 a year, little. That's a little paycheck. I make two hundred thousand. That's a little paycheck. You little don't see your little paycheck. That's little. I don't care if you made a half million dollars a year. That's little. But when it's become much, when you can buy other people's stuff all the time and not even think about it, that's how you know when you hit much. When you ain't think about your house and you looking to bless somebody else with a house. You need a house? You need a house? You need a house? I can get you a house. I'll get you a house. You ain't much when you ain't think about your car. I'm a, uh, you need a car. You need a car. You need a car. You need a car. See, if you ain't hit that, you better listen to what I'm selling you today. Because what you have is little. But you're on your way to much. I said you're on your way to much. Because one of the reasons, oh man, how, how long have I been preaching? Don't look at the clock. Paul said, don't look at the clock. Which, which clock? Don't look at which one? None of the clocks. Can I look at my watch? Okay. Ephesians 4.28. Ephesians 4.28 says, uh, get on the screen for me. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor. That's work. Working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give who, him who has need. So all of a sudden, I just see a total different reason why I have a job. So my job isn't about me paying my lights, water, phone, cable, rent. It's so I have something to give. That's why Jesus said, don't take any thought. Don't you worry about your life. I want to bless you so much that you never, ever think about your life ever again. And if you'll flow with me, I'll show you how to do that. That's what he's saying. So now all you got to do is just be thinking about other people. You see a need and you can just meet that need. 
Why? My, my rent's paid, praise the Lord. I, last, last week, uh, Pastor Eric was here, and uh, his wife, Tuesday, and they, you know, he told a testimony about how they were, you know, uh, five evictions uh, on record, and then there were at least two other where they were just kicked out of a place. They lost place after place after place after place after place after place. And when we first met them, that was the story. They were just losing place. We, we, we celebrate them when they got a new place, like, praise God, and the next time you go back up there, what happened? Oh, Lord, get kicked out of that again. Lord, have mercy. And, but they testified now, he didn't say this over, over the pulpit, but they testified when we were together, they said now we pay our rent up in advance. <laughs> Glory to God. See, it don't matter where you start. It's, it's if you can get over here and follow what God says, before you know it, you'll be paying your rent up in advance. Pretty soon you're buying the place, you own the place. So, Ephesians 4.28 tells me that, that my, I'm not supposed to worry about me. My job, if I have that, is so I can bless other people. All right? So, go back to Luke 12. 22-23, God feeds them. So, I must always see God as a source of my supply. I must always see God as a source of my supply. Everybody say, God is my supplier. God is my That means that's everything, including my healing, including uh, my anointing, including wisdom. If any man like wisdom, let him ask the doctor. Come on now, if any man like wisdom, let him ask the teacher. No, what's it say? If any man like wisdom, let him ask God who gives to, wait, wait, okay. Man, I'm, I got to stay on track. Let him ask God who gives to all liberally. To all. All? A-L-L? All? It didn't even say to all believers. It said if any man lack wisdom. If any, it didn't say if any believer said if any man lack wisdom. That means God will make wisdom available even to an unbeliever if they if they bold enough in faith to ask him. I, I'm, I'm saying that because I want I want to get you to see that 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 God is not going to uh, prosper you or bless you based on how how you earn it. I know this is probably radical for many, many people who grew up religious, trained. Because it says if anyone, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men all liberally, gives to all liberally. And it says without reproach. And when you read that in the, in the Amplified, it says without fault finding. It means he won't go looking for some reason not to do it. He wants to give it to you. Tell your neighbor, he wants to give it to you. All right, let me, let me speed on here. Okay, so I must always see God as the source of, of all my supply. Okay, we know this scripture here. Get Philippians 4.19, please. Philippians 4.19. Let's just, let's just solidify this in our hearts that God is the source of all my supply. 
Philippians 4.19, Paul is teaching here, talking to his, uh, his partners, the uh, church of Philippi. He says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All your need. My God, my God, I, I'm a, I'm a, I probably hit on that a little bit uh, Tuesday night in Frankfurt. He said, my God. I won't tell you why now. But he said, my God. There's a reason he says, my God. He says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. All your need or needs? Need. All your need. That's totally encompassing everything you could ever need. All your need. God supplies. It's divine supply. Y'all got it? He shall do it. He shall do it. Anything you need, God shall do it. All you do is just ask him, just believe him. Just believe him. God, I, I trust you. Matter of fact, I want to get you past asking. I want to get you past asking. Just, just knowing. Just, I fully expect. Just by, by the time I get there, it's going to be there. That's what faith, that's how faith, see many of us think we're in faith, but we're not in faith. Because faith, when you're in faith, you actually go ahead and move. And faith, when I, when I believe, I expect that even if I don't see it now, when I get there, it's going to be there. That's why, that's why if, you, if, you, if you go back to Matthew 6, glory to God. Matthew 6, when he's preaching this same thing about take no thought, when you get down to verse uh, 34, verse 34, give me Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Why not worry about tomorrow? Because I expect when I get to tomorrow... Everything I need is going to be there for tomorrow. So if I ain't going to worry about tomorrow, I'm not worried about next week. I'm not worried about next month. I'm not worried about next year. Because when I get there, everything I need is going to be there waiting for me. When Adam arrived on the planet, God spent the first five days preparing for Adam's arrival. Making sure he had the sun in just the right place. Just close enough to heat him up and just far enough away to not burn him up. He made sure everything was perfectly in place for Adam to arrive. And when Adam showed up, Adam had everything you need. When you show up tomorrow, everything you need is going to be there. Everything you need next week is going to be there. Everything you need next month is going to be there. Don't worry about tomorrow. For watch, tomorrow got to worry about his own stuff. Tomorrow got to make sure. Tomorrow, tomorrow better have your money. I said tomorrow better have your money. Tomorrow better have all your provision. Tomorrow better have all your healing. Tomorrow better have all your joy. Every day, brand new mercies. Every morning, every day, daily load of benefits. Tomorrow better have everything you need tomorrow. So you don't worry about tomorrow? 
sleep because they worried about tomorrow. Tonight you're going to sleep like a baby. I just for tonight, you're going to sleep like a baby knowing that when you get up tomorrow, everything you need for tomorrow is going to be there waiting on you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today had to deal with the assignment of making sure it had enough for you today. Isn't this sufficient for today? Is his own trouble? He didn't say your own trouble. He said its own trouble. The day had to make sure it had enough for you today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow I got to worry about taking you. I better make sure. When that sun come up, I have everything Deacon Mac needs. So my God, shall, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need. See, if, if, you, if you catch a hold of this by the Holy Ghost, you can rest off just that one verse. You don't even need to know the whole Bible. I recommend you do, but you don't need to know the whole Bible. Uh, uh, because just that one verse is a promise from God. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm a product teacher this uh, Tuesday night in Frankfurt. It's a prophetic promise. Yeah. Spoken by a prophet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's why he said, I'm going to just tell y'all here. That's why he said, my God. Because it's a prophet talking. Prophets. Prophets speak by unction and in a special relationship with, with the Lord such that it's my God. That's why Elijah said, where is the God of Elijah? He, I mean, he's everybody's God, but he said, where is the God of Elijah? He identified their prophets. <laughs> I'm going too far. So my God, this is a prophetic promise, shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Y'all got it? So where is your supply coming from? God. It's all divine. God's my supplier. It's all divine. Glory to God. I got a good job. Good. Keep your job. Keep it. Enjoy it. Enjoy. I ain't telling you to quit. Now the Lord might tell you to quit. I remember in 2002 when the Lord told me to quit. And my wife at the same time. Lord, come on. <laughs> what you say now? What you say, not Chuck? What? What? <laughs> what? What you say? You want us to do what now? We're making good money. Really good money. Back in 2002. Yeah, health insurance, 401k, dental, medical, all that stuff. Pay vacation, all that kind of stuff. Good. Yeah, it was good. The Lord said, "Move on." Now, what's what's my hesitancy? How am I gonna take care of my wife and at that time two children? How am I gonna do that? 
my God shall supply all your needs. <laughs> See, I had to change, and we had to change from seeing our jobs as our source to seeing God as our source. Now, it's, you can do that without leaving your job. Just pay it no mind. This job, see, no, can I tell you something? This just, I'm gonna throw this in for free, D. If you change from seeing your job as your source to God as your source, people at the, at the job won't take you off no more. They can't even make you they, they can't, see, the reason, the reason some of y'all are frustrated is because you know you got to take it. I'm going to say it again. The reason some of y'all are frustrated is because you know you got to take it. They treat you wrong, give you bad hours, talk to y'all bad, don't pay, and you just, I just want to, I'll be here Monday. You just got to swallow down all that disrespect. You got to swallow down all that dishonor. You got to swallow down all that foolishness. You just got to swallow it down because... God, I need that check. But if you will change and see God as your source, you'll get like Queen Esther. If I perish, let me perish. I'm going to see this manager. I'm going to get me a 50% raise tomorrow. I'm going to demand better hours. I'm going to be off every Sunday. I need to be with my kids more often. I'm going to make sure I get the best hours. I don't care. I don't care if I'm new here. I'm, I'm going to get the best hours. What you going to do? Fire me? Fire me? God is my source. Oh, I'm trying somebody. Somebody says, you trying. You trying me, Pastor. You trying me, Pastor. No, try Jesus. He's a horror. Try Jesus. He's all right. Some of y'all know that one. I done tried it, man. He's Glory to God. Can I go one more place? I got a long ways to go, but I'm going to get maybe one more. I ain't nowhere near finished. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 10. Try Jesus. Well, he's all right. Second Corinthians 9 and verse 10. Now may he, watch this, who supplies. He who supplies. I just read, God shall supply. It says here, now may he who supplies. Seed to the sower. Okay, now remember the ravens don't need that. We need it. You go back and read Genesis chapter 1 verse 30 and 31, you'll see that God made a difference between us and the birds. Genesis chapter 1 verse 30 and 31, read in your own time. But he says, so may he who supplies seed to the sower and imply, supplies bread for food. Watch what it says. Supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits or the harvest of your righteousness or of your righteous action. So who's doing the supplying? Okay, now watch what it said here. He supplies seed to the sower. 
Now, a raven is not a sower. So he doesn't supply them seed. They don't need it. They're on a different system. But you and I are on this system. So guess what he said? I'm going to supply seed to you. So when, I, when he's telling you I want you to be a sower, he says, don't worry about that either. I got you. I'm going to supply your seed for you to sow. I want you to increase. So he says, I'm going to supply, watch this, I'm going to supply your seed and I'm going to supply your bread. That's a good deal right here. He, he's, he's telling you and me, this is sweatless here. This is, this, is, this is painless right here. He's saying this is so easy that if we recognize God as our source, then we'll recognize we'll know seed when it comes and we'll know bread when it comes. And he said, I'm going to supply all of it. Do you see we got to hook up? Come on, holler if you hear me. Tell me, do you see we got to... here y'all he said I'm going to supply your seed and your bread I'm going to supply your seed and your bread you ain't got to worry about a thing you ain't got to sweat about it I want you to prosper I want you to increase I want you to always have so I'm going to make sure I supply that means you ain't got to worry about it Only thing you got to do is say, I'm going to be a sower. That means it doesn't matter if you're in, in Haiti, Afghanistan, all along West Africa, Gulfport, Kennedy City, Newport, Ritchie. Some of the little towns y'all live in. Holiday. Where y'all? Why Mama? Parish, Wachula, Palmetto. Camel's Park, Child's Park, Jordan Park, Bethel Heights, Bartlett Park, Bartlett. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are. Bali, we call it Bali Park, Bali Park. It doesn't matter. If you say, okay, God, I want to operate this way, he's going to supply your seed and he's going to supply your bread. Then it says he's going to supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So, right, it's when you sow that he can multiply it. All right, now. Now, remember now, I'm not, I'm not teaching sowing and reaping. I'm teaching God feeds them. This is what he's doing for us. And he said, and the bird ain't, birds ain't even got to do that. And I'm feeding them. The birds don't even have to do that. And I'm feeding them all the time. So you should have zero ounce of worry about how he's going to take care of you. I told you this Wednesday night. And some of y'all maybe grabbed it. Some of y'all maybe didn't. If this is the case, and it is, you should be able to eat however you want to eat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wear whatever you want to wear. Drive what you want to drive. I think you should get a really nice car. 
Live how you want to live. Well, if I live like that, how am I going to have? See, we, we, we have, we have, man, we have a still in many of our hearts a either or mindset. When God wants us to have an and also mindset, how do I know? May he, he supplies you to the sower and. So we think in our minds, well, either I can, I can do this or do that. If I, if I, if I, if I get a car, I ain't going to have enough for that. Oh, Jesus. If I, if I buy them shoes, I ain't going to have enough to eat next week. I'm looking at some of y'all eyes. Yeah, I got to choose between a sofa and a dress. Do you need both of them? God is not an either or God. He's an and also God. If I had listened to myself, my wife and I would not have, my family would not be in the house we're in now. Because my mind said at that time was, I'm working on getting out of debt, and I don't see how we can get out of debt and pay that kind of payment. So I'm like, no, let's live over, we're going to live over there around behind something. We, 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 I'm serious. We, we, we was about to live behind something. And by the grace of God, don't you do that, son. No, I'm an and also God. I can do that and. And what has he done? He has done that and. Got us out of debt nearly two years ago. Because he's an and also God. Because it's divine supply. I was looking at based on here's what our paycheck looks like and what we can calculate. And, and I understand, you know, they teach budgeting in the world. I understand budget. But, but, but budget is what Bud can get. Budget is not what God can get. That's what Bud will get. Don't live off what Bud can get. Live off what God. Get a, don't have a budget, have a gadget. What God can get you. What divine supply can give you. I'm just going to mess you up, but I want you to understand this. God can have you where you do everything on the best, the highest level, all at the same time. Now, wait a minute. Now, come on. I know my time is, is slipping away from me. Where is all this? It's inside you. Give me, uh, no, sir. No, sir. Don't, don't let me forget Deke about my beard. Okay. <laughs> it's cute. Give me, give me, um. <laughs> give me, give me this same verse, please, in the Passion Translation, the Passion Translation. Y'all stay with me. Don't, 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 don't let the beard distract you. Don't look right into the beard. (laughs) 
Okay. Y'all want to read with me? How many readers do I have in here? Okay, let's read. Ready, go. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant. First, stop. First, he supplies every need. Because it's even more extravagant. Everybody say extravagant. God is an extravagant kind of God. Don't let nobody tell you God is just a poor, mediocre, get, let's get by. No, God is an extravagant kind of God. And he says, so first, he supplies every need, plus more. Plus more. Wait a minute. We, we, we're going to be on these here. God wants you to be really nice, really. More than enough. El Shaddai. The God who is more than enough. The prophet came and told one king, King Amaziah. The prophet said to the king, the Lord is able to give you much more than that. He, he was trying to calculate what he could do with you know, his soldiers and his army and those he had, he had brought in. He, and he said, no, send that back. He says, because God can give you much more than that. So God supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies a seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. So as you sow the seed, he increases it. He multiplies it so that you get a big harvest on your generosity. Now what's happening right here? So as I sow the seed, the harvest gets bigger. Now, out of the harvest, then my seed gets bigger. And if I sow a bigger seed, then my harvest gets bigger. And out of a bigger harvest, my seed gets bigger. And then I'm a business, and then all of a sudden, now it's just overtaking. You ain't no Lord, what am I going to do with all this money? What am I going to do with all this money? Oh, you see that girl over there? You, if you dare ask him, he's going to tell you. See that girl over there? Bottom of car. Verse 11. Deacon Gershom, verse 11 must be really nice. Verse 11, give me verse 11. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 11. They got, they got to go get it because all they told them, verse 10. So verse, verse 11. All right. You will be abundantly enriched. So he's going to increase you more and more and more and more. So now you become a need meter. You got to looking for him. All right. I got a long ways to go, but I'm, I'm not going to push all of it. Yeah, you're the way the least we can have. Let, let, me, let me show you something here. Um, go back to Luke 12 real quick. It's 12.43. Let me, let me finish this here. Luke 12. Has this happened about it so far? Yes, sir. 
talking about everything you need. Some of you right now, you, you, need, you need something physical. Just he's the supplier. Thank God for doctors. I don't put doctors down. Thank God for doctors because doctors are there to help until you get your faith risen to a point that you can activate that. But they're not the source. Um, hmm. All right, Holy Spirit, which one do you want me to deal with? Okay. I'm going to go to 27 and I'm going to come back. 27 says, consider the lilies. Something else for us to look at. You know, lilies are beautiful. Beautiful. Calla lilies and Easter lilies, all of them. Water lilies. Right? They're beautiful. And he says, consider the lilies, how they grow. Now, that word grow is the Greek word oxano. Oxano. Listen to what it means. To increase or become greater without working at it. It means to increase or become greater without working at it. That's what he said. He said, look, consider them how they grow without working at it. They don't toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory and all his beauty, all of his array was not arrayed or not, not clothed like one of these. Now, y'all remember Solomon? He was clothed so bad. Your girl from, from the queen of Sheba came and she saw him. She was like, good God. She passed out when she saw how that brother was. Ooh-wee. And the Bible says, Jesus said, even in all his glory, he wasn't arrayed like these lilies. And then watch what he says. So if then, verse 28, if then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the, in the oven, how much more? Now he said, remember, the, remember, the, the, remember Solomon and the lilies. And he said, the lilies were clothed better than Solomon. Or the grass was clothed better than Solomon with these lilies. And he said, how, how much more will he clothe you? So look to me. Luanda looks, it looks to me, Luanda, we're going to talk. Is that all right, Dwight? Okay. Luanda looks to me like, like your clothing should be beautiful, should be. Well, I can't afford that. It didn't say how much more should you clothe yourself. It said how much more will he clothe. The problem is you trying to clothe yourself still. Well, I, I, just, I just love a good Clarence. Ain't, no, ain't nothing, nothing wrong with Clarence. Clarence been a good friend of mine. Y'all know Uncle Clarence, don't you? Go in the store right over to the Clarence right. Uncle Clarence, how you doing? But God doesn't need a Clarence. And your soul probably doesn't want it because you know if it's on clearance, it's not even in season anymore. It's some, it's, if it's in clearance, it's because nobody else wanted it. 
That's the only reason it's in clearance. It's because nobody else wanted it. Am I right about it? Come on now. Don't be deep on me. Am I right? Is that why it's there? Because nobody else wanted it. But that's just for me. No, it's not just for you. It's just, it's just that's all your soul can handle. Now, let me just, let me just say something to you as, as, as dad. Nothing's wrong with that. You got to know where you are. I'm not telling you to go out there and do something stupid. What I'm saying to you is allow God to switch you from you being your supplier to him being your supplier. And you'll find that he will upgrade everything about your life. He will do it. That's why he wrote in Isaiah 55. He said, hey, you come. Uh, oh, you that thirst. Why, why do you keep spending your money on that which does not satisfy? Why do you keep spending your money on what does not satisfy you? You know it didn't satisfy you. You got it. Glory to God. He said, come. Isaiah 55 verse 2. He says, delight yourself in me. He says, you'll, you'll delight yourself in the, let your soul delight itself in abundance. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Oh, this is God talking. What does that look like? All right. Thank you, Lord. Okay, Luke 12, let's finish right here. Luke 12. Verse 25. I told you I was going backwards, right? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to a stature? So you can't grow, anybody here that's vertically challenged, you can't, you can't make yourself, you can't make yourself grow by worrying about it. By, mm, you can't, nothing you do. Why? Because growth is automatic. Even as a baby grows in the womb, it's automatic. And everything about the kingdom of God is automatic. Right? He says in the very next verse, if you then are not able to do the least, something as little as making yourself grow, as little as making yourself grow. He says making yourself grow is little. He said if you can't do that, why do you worry about the rest? Why, how are you going to worry about how you're going to pay your rent and all your money spent? <laughs> Telephone disconnect waiting for your next paycheck. <laughs> Baby, need a pair of shoes. Tell you what you ought to do. How, you gonna, how can you fix all that if you can't, if you can't make yourself taller? Right. What he's saying is the, the growth of your body, I control that. So if I control that, the little, I control the bigger stuff. You can't even do that. So prosperity, financial uh, um, supply, and, and healing is automatic. Y'all don't like that. I don't think healing is automatic. Let me cut you. Let me cut you. Tell me what happens. Immediately, your body reacts and goes, cells start doing their thing. Boom, 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 boom. Why? They're, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna heal they're going to come to close up that wound yes. automatically. Yes, sir. You and I know, you and I can, 
We can't make it heal itself, but we can interfere with the healing and stop it. We can slow it down. We also also don't know that there are things we can do to stunt our growth. But if you don't do anything to stun it, it's automatic. If you put a seed in the ground, you got some tomatoes, cabbages, yams, potatoes, all that kind of stuff in the ground, it's automatically. You put a wooden post in the ground. A wooden post in the ground. You come back a year later, it starts rotting at the bottom. It's not rotting, it's trying to grow. Because growth is automatic. Everything in God's kingdom is automatic. Healing is automatic. If we don't get in the way of it. Well, how am I, how I know? Well, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, that, that we have been redeemed, that, that, that we, we are, are uh, free from the, the, the curse of the law. What, give, give me that, Romans 8 and 2. The law of the spirit of life has made us free from the law of sin and death. That's what it is. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free. So we have a law of the life working on the inside of us to cause healing to go forth. It's a law. So you and I, same thing with our finances. We're under a law of divine supply. So to be poor, to lack, you got you to gotta get in the way. All right. I'm ready to shave this beard. I gave it a stay of execution Wednesday. But Glenn has got to go today. Only reason I had it was because I let it grow was because last Sunday, one of the young guys asked me when I walked in Wednesday morning, uh, Sunday morning, I hadn't shaved all week because we were busy. And, and so I hadn't shaved. And so uh, he asked me, he said, Pastor, you trying to grow a beard? And I said, no, I'm not trying to grow a beard. I'm just letting it grow. Some of y'all still processing that. Because you don't try to grow a beard. Am I right about that, Glenn? You just let it grow. All you, all you beard guys... Looking around, you didn't. You didn't sit there going. You just let it grow. It's coming. It's coming out. By the time I shave it today or first thing in the morning, it's gonna start growing again. It's gonna because it's nonstop growth. Only thing I can do is cut it off. And that's what most people are doing to their finances: is they're cutting it off. Why? Because you were about it, sweetheart. I'm going to help all the ladies here. I'm help all the ladies. Listen to me. I spent 13 years in barbering. I went to cosmetology school. I learned, I learned this stuff in school. There's nothing you can do to make your hair grow or to make your hair grow faster. There's nothing you can do to make your hair grow or to make your hair grow faster. I'm telling you this from an intelligent, educated standpoint. There is nothing, no thing you can do to make your hair grow or grow faster. That's a lie, Pastor. I bought some baby don't be bald and it were just fine. It did not. 
there is absolutely zero you can do physically to make your hair grow or make it grow faster. Because the growth is from the inside, not on the outside. Well, what about putting oil on, oil on, oil on your hair? You can put oil on your hair. It, it'll help the appearance and, and, the, and, the, and the strength of the hair that's already there, but it will not make it grow faster or make it grow. What about if I get a scalp conditioner? Great. What a scalp, scalp conditioner is good for is to help stimulate your scalp because your, the hair is coming out of the follicles on the inside. So you st you're stimulating your scalp, but it's not making your hair grow. But you can impede the growth of your hair. Yes, sir. You can slow it down. You can slow it down. You can stop it by what you do. Y'all catch what I'm saying to you? Just like your finances, just like your healing, just like your, only your manifestation. You, you don't make it, but you can get in the way of it. If you want to stop your hair from growing, start clogging your pores up. Start clogging your, your pores up. And you'll have nothing coming through there. It'll slow it down. It'll, it'll become bad. And what's happening? We clog our pores up with worry and fear and bad confessions. Child, I'm so broke. I can't afford that. That's too expensive. We can't be eating like that. We can't be buying stuff like that all the time. I'm just telling the truth. No, you're telling your facts. You're telling your facts. This is the truth. And only this is the truth. And if you keep speaking your facts, you stop what's supposed to be automatic in your life. Sure will. Deuteronomy 7 Verse 17, God said, if you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? If you keep saying what you can't do, how can I give it to you? How can I, how can I make it happen for you? You get in, the, in your own way by what you say and the things that you do. I got I to add one more thing to you. Because this is, this is important. This is important. I got I to knock out religion. Give me Psalm 140, 145 and verse 9. Because what, what I'm saying to you is, you can, it's automatic. What I say? Divine supply is automatic. Come on, God feeds them, the birds. And you're more valuable. So it's automatic. What's my problem? You're getting in the way. You have no expectation of good, so you speak something opposite, and what you decree 
is established. Now, at the same time, I want you to understand, make sure I, I want to drive this home to you. It's not you earning this. The ravens don't earn food. So you can't earn supply from God based on how, how many minutes a day you prayed and how many confessions you made and how often you fast. And all, that's all good for power. I'm talking about provision. Psalm 145, verse 9, the Lord is good to all the good people. He's good to who? And his tender mercy is over all. That word mercy is, is his goodnesses. His tender mercy or his goodness is over all his works. So God wants to take care, he will take care of everybody. He's good to all. Come on now. Some people are like, I can't believe they living like that and, you know, they just doing well. Well, God's good to all. See, instead of you and I trying to earn God's goodness, we just got to accept it and receive it. All right, y'all didn't get excited about that one. Let me give you one more. Matthew 5, verse 45 from the Message Bible. Matthew 5, verse 45 from the Message. I think I sent this to you. I want you to read this. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone regardless. The good and bad, the nice and nasty. I can see them religious devils just screaming, ah, no, that's not right. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm, the rain to nourish to everyone regardless. You mean God is good to sinners? Yes. He's good to heathens? Yes. He's good. That's all he has to give is good. There's no evil or no darkness in him at all. He's good. He's good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So that's why before you and I were ever born again, he was taking care of us, supplying our needs, keeping us safe. Come on now. You had a job before you got saved. Now watch, watch this, because you just said something, Chris, and I just want to, I'm going to help people with this. Because he said plenty of them. Now how many times have you and I, once we get saved, say like, man, it seemed like, man, before I got saved, I was always, I could, I could, I, could, I was, I was eating steak every week, and before I got saved, man, I could go buy what I want, I can go shopping, I can go take vacations, y'all, like, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. See, like now, ain't nothing happening. You know why? Because now you're trying to earn it. Because now you're trying to earn it. You're trying to get it based on your merit. You're trying to get it based on how good you are. 
So what's happening is you're frustrating the grace of God. Something he was just freely doing, freely giving, freely providing. Now you're trying to make it where, okay, God, I, I earned it now, so I know I got to. Now you become the big brother in the house. God I ain't never done nothing wrong. I ain't never, I ain't never mistreated. And I ain't never, I ain't take all your money. And this, this, this little brother of mine took all your money, went and spent it with Harless, and now you give him a big party. Now you're trying to think God should reward you based on your, your works. And he said, I give to everybody. The difference is the sinner, they, they just don't know it's God. They just don't know it's God. So they don't ever give God the glory. But you and I, if we come over here and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to stop trying to meet my own needs. I'm going to trust you to be my supplier. I'm going to always trust you to supply everything I need. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm not worried about next week. I'm not worried about the first, the second, the third, the fourth, or the fifth. I know you got me. You taking care of me. I'm going to sleep like a baby at night. Get rid of all this worration, frustration, fear, anxiety. And just trust you. And I'm going to listen for your voice, and whatever you say, I'm going to do it. And then watch how God will raise you up, and you'll begin to see and live on supernatural, divine supply from God, and your life will never be the same. You move from ever thinking about yourself to now constantly thinking, how can I bless somebody else? And that's how he wants us to live. Amen. Amen. Did that help anybody today? Yes. Well, will you join on your feet, please? Let's stand on our feet and let's just give God a praise and give him glory and give him honor and let him know we receive what he said to us. Come on, let God know you appreciate the word. You are our supplier. You are our provider. You are Jehovah Yireh, you are Jehovah Jireh. You see and you supply all of our needs. You are El Shaddai, you're the God who is much more than enough for hallelujah. Thank you that we never have a fear of running out. We have faith for running over. We will never again have a financial deficit another day in our lives. We take no thought for our lives, what we shall eat, what we shall drink, what we shall wear, how, how we're going to live, how we're going to have our rent, our mortgage, all that stuff. We're not going to worry about that one bit. Oh no, God, you are our divine supplier. I declare today, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Your needs will always be met and more and more and more and more. And more. God knows everything you need. God knows your assignment and your purpose. I remember many years ago, several years ago, I should say. I heard a teaching from Dr. Bill Winston in Chicago. He taught me about being provision-minded 
versus being assignment-minded. And most Christians are still provision-minded. All they, all, all they think about is, okay, how am I going to have this? So they choose a job based on provision. Choose a city based on provision. Choose a career. Choose uh, what, what vocation, you know, they're, they're, what they're going to major in in college based on how much the forecasted salary is. And they do, they do all these things based on provision and don't stop to think, well, what's my assignment? Because if you, would, you and I would get into our assignment, provision flows easily and freely. Jesus was raised as a carpenter. But he said, I must be about my father's business. He could have still been, uh, I don't know the word, carpenting? I don't, he could have been, still been doing carpentry. But he left the business and went out on his assignment. And Luke 8 says that God would send these women and these wealthy women and wealthy men to feed into him. In other words, as he followed the assignment, God provided all the provision he needed. And one of our challenges, ladies and gentlemen, is in 2019 and beyond, is to ask God and seek God about what's my assignment? What, are, what am I called to do in this earth? Because if I get there, that's where, um, that's, that's where the sweet spot is. That's the, the, the honey, what is the, they got a word they call a honey hole. When they're digging for gold or digging for oil or whatever, digging for things, in the, or even in fishing, they got a place called the honey hole. It's where, oh, you, you hit the jackpot. So in, in your assignment, in your purpose is where the honey hole is. When you get into what God called you to do, that's where all the provision, that, that's, when, that's when the provision, watch this, becomes unlimited. Unlimited. Thank you, Lord. I told you earlier, I don't know what's in the account. Day to day, I don't know what's in, the, what's in the safe. I don't know. You know why? I don't have to know. Because I'm not living on that. I, I live on unlimited supply. And, and a lot of times I got to remind myself of that. So sometimes it's lack. I was telling the lemons a couple weeks ago, sometimes this lack devil wants to, you know, control how I do stuff, have me counting stuff, and have me. And, but I, I understand. I live on unlimited supply. So it doesn't matter. I could, I could spend everything we have, but I'm not broke. You understand? Did you catch what I just said? If we spend every penny we have, we're not broke because we have unlimited supply. Our supply is from here. It's not, it's not from here. It's from here, coming out of here. Man. Thank you, Lord. Somebody, before this year out, this year's out, you're going to step into your assignment. You're going to hit the honey hole of your life. You're going to hit that sweet spot in your life. It may have something to do with your business, but God may point you in a direction where your business becomes marketplace ministry. Well, you say, oh, all of a sudden you hit something, and whoa, all of a sudden, now you got more money coming at you than you know what to do with. 
fulfilling your purpose, walking in your assignment, doing what God's called you to do. I'm telling you, that's, that's going to happen before this year is out. Before this year is out. This is the year of abundant manifestation. And this is the year of visitation. But when God visits you, he's going to cause wild things to happen in your life. Glory to God. Father, I just want to say thank you for the word. And thank you for each person who's heard the word. I thank you, Lord, that you've sent your word in a way that I believe has been palatable, a way that it's been uh, a way we can comprehend and understand it clearly. And I pray that the word is more than entertainment to our soul, but it becomes seed in our spirits. That it will produce in us what you're sent it to produce. That it will accomplish that which you please. That God, that your purpose will be fulfilled. That God, somebody today hears a challenge on their, in their spirit to step outside of natural supply. That they begin even to throw natural caution to the wind. And believe you, that you can do anything. That you, hallelujah, are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think. According to the power that works in us. Thank you for the power that works in us. Thank you for the deposit that you've already made in us. Thank you that God, that Lord, out of our good treasure, we'll begin bringing forth good things. And Lord, not just enough for us, but we'll bring out things for others, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, today I pray for that single mother who's been struggling financially hadn't been getting the support that they were promised or that belongs to them for their children. Been struggling financially, Lord, job to job or from whatever the issue has been. God, I pray that God, they would see you today as the source of their supply and that God, they'll move to the point that God, that they don't even think about that check, that deposit, anything else any longer because God, you bring them into a, a supernatural supply that never ever runs out. Never ever runs out. I pray for that widow and for that orphan, God. Lord, today, Lord, who, who's been struggling, Lord, financially, Lord, for years or for, Lord, however long it's been, that, God, they will see you as their source, God, and that they will know that, that God, they will never run out. They never worry about tomorrow or the next day or next week or next month or next year. How are we going to retire? None of that stuff even matters anymore. So many people are worried about outliving their retirement money. God, but we can't outlive your divine supply. Thank you, Lord. That married couple that's been struggling financially. God, I pray for a supernatural supply that God, that they will come together in divine agreement to trust you as the source of all supply. I pray, Father, that God, that they will know that you're the one who, who can pay the rent, the mortgage, the lights, the water, the phone, the cable, the food, the tuition, everything that's needed, God. You are the supplier. And they never have to worry about anything again. That single woman, that single, single man, God, who's been hesitating even about making moves in their life because they figure they got to get all kind of things straightened out before they make moves. No, God, you are the, the source of our supply. 
that nobody feels like, feels like they need a man because they don't know how to make it by themselves. Nobody needs a woman because they don't, know, they don't know how to make it. No, Lord, you are the source of all supply. Thank you, Lord. You said you are ish. You are the husband. So, God, thank you that you are so. God, I pray today and even every business owner that God, every business owner would experience supernatural supply in their businesses. That God, they won't have to go and they, they, won't, they won't be uh, frustrated about expansion because they can't get funding from anywhere. God, you are the greatest funding source on the planet. In the universe, oh God. Everyone who wants to launch in ministry, that God, that they will, Lord, they will not, Lord, be frustrated, Lord, about waiting on getting a certain amount of money, God, knowing that you are the source of all supply. Thank you, Father. God, you're the source of our healing. Just like a, a, a cut can, begins to heal automatically, Lord, we begin to know that, Father, even everything internally, things we can't see, things we don't know, are designed to be healed automatically. And we will not frustrate that. But you, we'll let the healing virtue flow in our bodies. God, I thank you that God Hallelujah. will never, ever worry another day, another moment, about our needs for you supply all needs we thank you for it we give you praise for it we give you all the glory and all the honor we pray and we declare these things so in Jesus mighty name if you agree shout amen, amen. and amen no, put those hands together right now and just give God a grand of praise thank God for your supply thank God for your provision thank God for your abundance thank God thank God for all that's coming into your life Thank God that he's making your hands full. Thank God that he will use you to bless others. Thank God that you'll be blessed and you will be a blessing in this earth realm. Thank God for it today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.